So finally, the time has arrived. Talking with 216 Paru Bay winner, Matt Heyman. If you'd heard the podcast before, we heard his thoughts from the night before. Now we hear his thoughts after the big day. It's one month after, but it's super fresh. You'll have to excuse me in this one. A little bit of colourful language as I get really excited. Um, and just happy to catch up with him and hear his story. I really hope you enjoy this one. I love recording it. It's really great. Enjoy. One month, or more or less one month, from Roubaix. And I'm sitting here with the big man himself, 216 winner. And we're sitting in a place, couldn't be further from Roubaix actually, at the top of the mountain in Soldeu, uh, in Andorra, at Pasa de la Casse, doing some altitude training and doing some climbing. So we're very un-Roubaix, but the memory still is very fresh. And it's the first time I've seen Matt since the special day, since the morning of the race. So it's been it's been a bit of a catch up too. Um, first of all, <laughs> congrats, big fella! <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, we just had a big cuddle at the top of the stairs. Uh, I know what this race means to you, and you know what it means to me. And there's a bunch of us in the peloton. You know the guys that just love it, and. Uh, yeah, mate. Ever since you walked into the room, I've had I've had goosebumps because I've just been thinking about it again. You know, um, it's pretty pretty unbelievable. Fuck, it is like I'll tell you. I haven't told you the way I found out, and so I was at one. I got to Arenberg. I went away in the ambulance to the hospital, and um, I had some surgery that night. And they were wheeling me back on the beds after the surgery. It was about two in the morning. And I sort of, to a degree, I didn't really care about the race anymore. And the the French nurse came up to me and she's like, oh, you won the race today. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I didn't win the race. You know, I've been in a race, but I didn't win. You know, I thought she was just trying to cheer me up. She's like, no, 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 your team, they win. They win the race. And I was like, oh, no, look. Our team was in the race, but yeah, look, we, we didn't win. She was like, really trying hard. She's like, no, um, hey man, hey man, he won the race. And I'm like, what? And then suddenly I just came alive, you know, I was like sort of just a bit out of it, you know, drugged up, just come out and sick. I was like, what? He won? Get me a phone. Get me and then I was, I was yelling out down the corridor and she's like, yes, yes, calm down, calm down. And I was just like... I, I can remember that moment. I got wheeled into the room and I was like, I kept saying it to her. I'm like, Matt Heyman, we won the race. She's like, yes, yes. And I was just like, I was trying to put it together because I was like, I couldn't quite remember what happened in the race. I was like, oh, that's right. Maddie was up the road. Yeah. And so I actually don't know now from that point on, I've watched a bit of on TV you're going to have to run me through. Mate. Yeah, well... Uh, you're going to have to fill the gaps in. To be honest, I mean, I've seen the backstage pass a couple of times and that's pretty emotional. 
Um, and I've seen the last four or five K, but I haven't actually seen, seen the whole race myself or, or the majority of it. Um, yeah, look, it was just one of those days for me where everything just went right. I had good legs. I had, I, I hesitate to use the word luck, but I didn't have bad luck. And as we know, Roubaix, you, yeah. need, you need luck. So everything just, everything rolled my way. I mean, yeah, I could have got, you know, Ian came underneath me on, on the corner of uh, Cafu de Labre and I was worried there I'd never get back and that was my race done. And so, yeah, I still had to get through the race, but um, the majority of it, yeah, I didn't have any punches at crucial moments. I didn't have a puncher full stop. Um, I was able to save us so much energy at the front. Yeah. Um, Tom obviously opened up the race very early, um, trying to go for his fifth, trying to go for the record. This of is Tom Boonen. Tom Boonen. So it's like he, the pinnacle of Roubaix. He's Mr. Roubaix pretty much. Um, he was on his way to, you know, he um, if he'd won his fifth, uh, Parry Roubaix, he would have been the all-time record holder for that race, and um, and and he the race was behind me. I was in the breakaway with another. Yeah, so you take me back a little bit because at the beginning of the race, the first hundred k, we're trying to get in the breakaway. My role this year was to try and get in that breakaway, and I was jumping around. I was actually getting pretty fucked, and I remember mm. I always I remember two attacks from you, <laughs> and they were really aggressive. The first one was just like. I was doing these like on the wheel, but not really trying to attack, save energy. Then your first attack, I was like, it was like whooshka. You're like, I want to, if I'm going to attack, I'm getting in this break. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this moment that well, but then I was just like, fuck, that's what it looks like when you're fresh, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I was pissed on you. I'm yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> fucking Heyman, just yeah. doing one attack. Yeah. And then I saw the next attack was just like, it was aggressive. It was like, oh, I remember sitting there going, oh, he wanted to be in the break today. Yeah. And you went across. Was that what was your feeling? No, there? I, I talked to Matt Wilson, the director of the team, the night before, and uh, or two days out, and he was talking about the race. And I said, "Look, you know, I know there'll be certain guys that'll be told to go in the breakaway." Yeah. Um, as there is, and and Roubaix is one of the few races where you should actually probably listen to your director when he says go in the early break. And a lot of the other races, it's probably fairly pointless, but it also makes that group very hard to get into, like a stage of the Tour de France. Mm when the break can possibly go to the finish line, it's a different way of racing than, than getting in a break that potentially has no chance. TV of, break. So, You're so on succeeding. there to get your jersey yeah, on you, TV. Two at extent. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, look, if the break hasn't gone for an hour and a half, two hours, I might have a go before. Mm. And Maddie said, yeah, but just remember that break will, won't get a lot of room because by the time you establish a lead, you'll... You get away, you work very hard to get away, and 10, 15 kilometres later is the first section of cobbles after 100 kilometres. Yeah. So by that point, the race behind starts to light up with positioning. There's no point where you just... Just naturally, it just yeah, goes faster. You can't... Yeah. And a normal breakaway, in that point, there'd be a lull, maybe mm. some people stop um, to relieve themselves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and and get some food or, or yeah. whatever, and you can get two or three minutes without actually yeah. working for it. But and he was rightly so. He said, you know, it's it's a risky one because you can get in it, but you only ever get one minute or one and a half minutes. Could be a waste of time, a, a waste yeah. of energy. Yeah. Um. So I had that in the back of my mind, and and I was sitting down the back, and I wasn't doing anything, and I was just looking after myself. And yeah. I went to the car, I got a bid, and took off my jacket, and I rode up the front, and I went, that's the one. And actually, as I went with the second time, I did have a little 
I think um, the first time there was a large group away and we were not represented in it. Mm. Uh, I think it was yeah, 22 riders. Cross. No, no, no. We, there was oh. 22 riders and... Oh, yeah. yeah we, that we, we missed one. it. And yeah. we just had to cross our fingers yeah. and say, look, there's... You know, so we just sat back. And I was, was shit myself. <laughs> we have to chase that. Yeah. I was like, oh, And no. we would never do that. Yeah. Um, and, but we were really on the back foot there. Yeah, we and were. it wasn't long after that group came back. I had a couple of sniffs because I thought, oh, the next one after this. Yeah, we'll go might go and it didn't it carried on for a while and then and then I, and actually magnus as soon as i went with the group i realized that he was actually in front and that's almost a bit of a no-no we had one guy up yes. there and that was his job and then i'm like riding across behind him um but i felt like it was a moment you know to coin did you actually did you know that then you're like fuck i think this is the break yeah it's like yeah. no I, yeah. yeah i felt like it had been tough it had been hard yeah. and i kind of like looking at faces and 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 it went uphill and the guys that went i thought and i i do remember like i said before i'd been up there watching a lot of breaks go and they were half-hearted but yeah. i i really specifically remember yeah. when you went i was just like fuck yeah and i guess I was... those guys were going with you and yeah. or you were going with them i was yeah. like that's, That's a different type of move now. Yeah. You guys were going with like another 20, 30%. And there was a point when that break first started that mm. that I committed a fair bit to making sure because mm. I didn't want to waste that energy. Yeah. I just used that energy. So I was feeling good and I and I tried to make the group without... You can, you can mess up a group by punching through too much, yeah. but I tried to just make sure because I didn't want to be out there for 15, 20K and get caught again. Um, but... Fairly obvious. Fairly soon, we established a, a small lead, and and it was pretty comfortable. And then I went on to every section of cobbles in the first fifteen riders without mm. ever having to use much energy. Yeah. And I just conserving and waiting. And I do remember one specific time. I, th- I think any other time I would have been in that breakaway, I would have thought, let's see how far I can get today. Yeah, that was my next question. I was like, and I, what was your mindset when you're in the break? Because was not that. There's a few different mindsets. It's like, shit, I made the break of Roubaix, great, day done. I'm just yeah, going to yeah, see yeah. how far I get. Then there's the, maybe I can save it and do something in the final. They're more or less the yeah. two sort of mindset. What was yours? Well, there was definitely not. Let's you know, let's ride as hard as I can to 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 go as far as I can. I went. They're going to come. Mm. This is not going to go. The, the big boys, the Tom Boone, the big boys, yeah. and I want as much energy. And I'd love to get through certain sections before they catch me, and that yeah. would be ideal. But I don't decide how far this break's going to yeah. go. So sit back, relax, and be ready when they come. And that calmness right there is something, yeah. you know, that a lot of guys in the break, they don't have. They're like, well, I've made it here now. I want to make the most of this. I'm going to drill it. I can't remember. Maybe it was 15 guys. And maybe yeah. six of those had been like in your position and been yeah. going for 70K. Yeah, and they were just happy to represent their team in the break. Yeah. Um, you know, Magnus, I, I spoke to him, a teammate of ours. Yeah. He made the break with me. Yeah. And, yeah, how are you feeling? Yeah, good. Okay, couple of tips. You know, still make sure you start at the front but don't do any work on the cobbles. Mm. And eat and drink. And, you know, coming into Wallace, I said, mate, there's 15 guys or 12 guys here. I think there have been a few punches or whatever. You still want to start in the first three. Mm. I don't, you know, if it's 200 guys or, or 10 guys, you want to start there. In Arenberg, yeah. Yeah, in Arenberg. It's just, it's scary. I mean, yeah. we talked about that the night before and... um. And so, yeah, um, but he already told me pretty soon that, oh, I'm feeling it now, Matty. Um, so he'd obviously been doing a lot of work to get in the break. And yeah, before. So there was a few guys like that. And I think, um, yeah, a different mindset, not trying to push it. And I was ready when they came. And the way the race went, um, 
Tom Boonan had broken the group up early um, with some of the other favourites, except for Mark and Ian Stannard and, and our own Turbo Durbo. Turbo. He was on a great one too. Well, before we go into that, actually, there's just one thing you said there. I had a different mindset. And I want to rewind a bit because I don't know if a lot of people know, but <laughs> you've done... 15, six, this was your 16th edition. Uh, 15th. 15th edition. So 15 classic seasons. Oh, and, this is the 17th year, but I've done oh, 15. Okay, this days. is the 17th classic season, right? And generally, we as cyclists, or classics riders, have a mindset that you enter the classic season, you're in a certain type of form, and you need each race to build strength. By the time you get to a race like Tour of Flanders or Paris-Roubaix, You've got five, six, seven races in your legs. You've got that strength. You've got that distance. You're ready to go to the line. And if you haven't done that, to a degree, mentally, you're a bit rattled and you don't think you're going to go the distance, which could be the make or break of the situation. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. So this year was a very interesting year for you because (laughs) the first weekend of Classics is called the opening weekend and Matt went down in the race there in um, Het Newsblad and crashed and broke your collarbone. No. Oh, sorry, your radius. Radius. And everyone's just like, disaster. Well, I was seeing like, well, if that was me, my classic season disaster. And then that's, is that eight weeks before Roubaix? Uh, it was, I'm pretty sure six weeks. Six weeks. So six even weeks less. On, on the dot, yeah. And what I want to ask you is like, one, what your mindset was then, and two, the period, that period between there, and then three, what your mindset was going into Roubaix without the classics in the legs per se, the perfect preparation. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so first crash. of all, to go back, yeah, so <clears throat> as you said, normally you would do the whole classic season, um, Omlope at Newsblad, the first classic of the year a silly crash you know 180k in i'd had an okay race was feeling pretty good you know all the prep that i'd done i felt like you know we'd been in south africa on altitude we'd done the kilometers we'd done all the efforts that you're supposed to Mm. do and i was feeling pretty good and i fell off and and i knew straight away that something wasn't right i didn't even try and get up and you know the first day or two um the big thing for me was the amount of time that I'd spent preparing. Yeah. And if there was a chance, just a chance, that I could salvage any of the classics, then I wanted to. And I I spoke at length with different people about, should I just, you know, put this aside, move on recover it, and maybe ask for a spot in the Giro, ask for a different goal for the year and totally, you know, and there was just something inside me that said, no, just you've been away from your family, you've committed all this time, all these hours, and if there's a chance, you know, and I just yeah. love Roubaix, Fuck. you know. So yeah. it was more like a commitment, you know, to them and if I could... So, yeah, the, the Thursday, I, I broke that on Saturday and I think the Wednesday or Thursday I was on the home trainer with a cast on and um, I started doing some, some efforts and or riding, first of all. And then uh, another thing I was put onto was this Swift, which is a virtual world in 
indoor training. Oh, so yeah. So it's a computer program. Oh, I didn't even know about this. Yeah, so it's a computer program and you hook your smart trainer up to it. Oh, so you did Roubaix like no, six, no, times, six I, weeks every day. No. No wonder you bloody won it. No, this one has an actual <laughs> virtual world. So they're, imagine, well, they're virtual climbs. Oh, yeah. And... I was able to do two sessions a day, almost every, you know, a three-day yeah. block and then a rest day. And, and um, you know, today, actually, we, in the end of this ride that I've just done today, it was, it was pretty, pretty miserable coming down the mountain and it was wet and I jumped on the home trainer. And it hurt me to do 15 minutes on the home trainer and I was doing up to two hours a day, morning and night. Um, and I think this had a big impact on it that I was wow. able to ride with other people because they're live on there and you, ah. can, you can train with them, ride behind them, talk to each other. You don't get ride. a sit though. You do get a sit. The home trainer goes easy. Does it? Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah. You can do group rides, big bunch, go around at 40k <laughs> an hour. So this was another thing that that kind of kept made it, you know, I don't think I would have been able to do because I was doing 20, I think maybe in one week I had 22 hours of Home trainer, yeah. In seven days. Um, but yeah, the mindset there was if there's a chance. And I mean, I rang up the team at one stage, probably a bit premature, and said, where are my, where are my bikes? And they said, oh, they're in Italy. So this is after Paris-Nice and Torino. Yeah. I said, well, what are they doing in Italy? If I get back, I want to, right. they should be in Belgium. So yeah. I can, so they made sure my bikes all got up to Belgium. And then, you know, I was hoping maybe the punter. <laughs> Like you said, if I did the punter, I could do Flanders and I might be able to just be okay in Roubaix. Yeah. Get that distance in length, yeah. get the hardness. You need you know? to you need to do every single race yeah. before you can, you know. And um, the punter came too early. Yeah. Um, Flanders, just a step straight back into Flanders and it was still a bit sore and definitely out of the seat. So I went to Spain. Um, the team had a two, two one-day races on in Spain. And I did my hardness there. I yeah. just drilled myself for two days. So um, got in the break in GP Miguel Indrain, mm. rode all day, tried to help the team out after that. Everybody was, you know, with 20K to go, everybody was turning off to the bus and I was riding around with a few Russians <laughs> because I wanted to get 200K in. And the next day we had a big big day with uh, Michael Matthews. We won Royal Car. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I swapped off all day with uh, King Lok, our new um, Hong Kong rider and you're on the front all day just so just doing the that that kind of hard kind of did it feel good after doing those ergos to be just you know what i'm happy just to be out here just punching yeah. it in the wind you know yeah. what if and I, I was happy to be back yeah and i could fi- i had a sense the legs were good in those races yeah right so you already I, sort of felt like oh, I shit, felt these like, ergos have been working yeah i felt yeah. like i wasn't too bad and i'd done a couple of you know in the week before that i'd done a couple of six hour rides Mm. Um, I wasn't ready for Flanders and maybe maybe I could have done Flanders but um, this was a safer option mm. so I did that and yeah like you said the pressure the race Paris-Roubaix is one of the few races a year that the team gives me a leadership role on mm. the last few teams that I've been on and it's almost the moment they do that I just stress myself even more than I normally stress myself um, <laughs> it's easier for me to stress for other people than to stress yeah. for myself and I think I've just crippled myself with yeah. with wanting to do well and feeling like I need... Yeah, this like expectation. Need, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to let people down, this weird yeah. thing. Yet yeah. Everyone knows if you're giving your best, you're not letting anyone down. I've, I've been in that situation myself only a couple of times and 
it's a weird situation. I feel like I've even come into a, a, a DS and said, oh, look, I'm really sorry about today. He said, yeah. you know, what are you sorry about? And I was yeah. like, oh, I'll let you guys down. You know, he's like, mate, first of all, you've got to work some stuff out for yourself. You know, yeah. you're never going to let us down. So yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and I think it's 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 counterproductive, but it's a hard thing to get out of. So this was just, you know, um, Luke and Jens had been riding really well. Um, they were up for it. I was happy to help out. Mm. You know, um, yeah, okay. Getting in that breakaway was a plan to get into the final of the race. You know, mm. um, and race Roubaix. I was there to race. You know, um, but were there moments when you're in the race, just going, you know what? To a degree, this has already been a successful day for me. Oh, you know, great. I'm, yeah, I'm for up sure. Here, for sure. And like, I'm gonna fucking go to the line, but. This has been brilliant. Yeah, I'm sure. here. I'm in Roubaix. That yep. was the first goal. Secondly, yep. second goal, be in this break, get up to the final. Yep. Second goal, tick. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, so everything was good. You know, I was feeling good. Mm. I made the right moves. I'm still feeling relaxed. And I wasn't thinking about trying to win the race. Yeah. You know, I mean, there must have been a small part of me that, that was. I mean, sure. I do definitely remember on Mont and Pavel, which is one section... The good guys, these big guys had just caught us and our group was one of the bigger, biggest that had been. And I think maybe except for Mark, one of the favourites, Ian Stannard, they attack and Tom Bonin goes after them. And that was a bit of a turning point when I went, I have to go now, where I might have just sat where I was and kind of watched them and I ended up going. And at the end of that section, except for Mark... And Ian Stannard were maybe 15 metres in front of Bonin, um, uh, Edvold Bolsenhagen mm. and myself. So that was the final. Now, other guys came back, but that showed that we were the These strongest. These were the strongest guys. There was still 35k to go. but And some guys came back and it split again and again. But Was that, that something was, you realised at the time? Or were you just no, like... No, it's only later yeah, I yeah. just went, okay, actually, we were the best yeah. five because on that section... And I knew that that section oh, was... Oh, Norman Pavel, yeah. the, the bastard one. Yeah, it's yeah, hard. right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was starting to feel good, but then a, a bunch of other guys came back and there was a bit of, you know... Um, but that that's when I guess I started to feel like now I'm just back in the race like anybody else, you yeah. know? Like, we're all kind of back on it. You know, I yeah, have right. been in the breakaway and I use that definitely tactically in the yeah. final. Um, and if we moved to the final, it was one of the, I know that I've watched the race on television and wondered what it would be like to ride up that hill at 3k to go being in the front and the kind of stress, how would it be to be, and I was serene. Yeah. I was not stressed at all. I was somebody who had everything I could I was dangerous because I didn't have anything to lose. To lose. lose. That's the way it looked to me. Yeah. I'm watching it and I saw... You were like, well, boys, if you, you have want to, to win this, you better chase him now. Yeah. And then you were launching your moves. You're yeah. like, well, you better chase me or else I'm going to win this thing. Yeah, yeah. And that that was... move, <laughs> that move where you like was like, oh, I know exactly what to do here. You probably got to go across to Boonin, but yeah. I can imagine you're fucked. And I was like, fuck, he's going across. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, the the next thing probably would be awesome to do would be attack Boonin, but who's doing that, you know? I was like, fuck, he's attacking him. <laughs> and then he was trying to get to your wheel and it's opening up. I was just yeah. like, what am I watching? I watched this like the day after. I was just like, 
fuck, no wonder he won this. It, you almost, like, I thought you were going to win it that way. Yeah, I mean, I look back at that and, and that's as... <laughs> I mean, the winner always does everything right. Yeah. That's the kind of... The thing of cycling, we always say it, and yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. Um, but I don't feel like I was making decisions. I was just doing. I wasn't, and yeah, it's some. It's <laughs> I often watch that, and You're what racing and, and I don't think I think everybody's talked about that ta- attack to me. You know, when yeah. they talk about the win, that, and that's probably where I put Tom under a little bit of pressure. Um, but yeah, you know, going into the last five k. Tom had to win. Mm. He's going for his record fifth. Except for Mark, I had to win. Ian Stannard had to win. Everybody else had to win and I was along and could just, you know, pick my nose pretty much and choose what I wanted to do. And I was still not wanting to finish fourth or fifth out of that group. Mm. Well, tell me then, because this How is How do something... you win with that mindset, well, which no... is the wrong kind of mindset, I know, but... But no, tell me this then, coming into the velodrome, yeah. and I've done this before too, I've gone that year that we spoke about yeah. this, I was like, you know what? I'm going to lead this out because maybe one or two guys will get around me. I was already defeated. Yeah. And maybe one or two guys will get around me, but I'll get a good position. Yeah. And ultimately, everyone got around me. I got yeah. a shit position. <laughs> so I'm watching the sprint. And I was Don't like, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how Haven does this. He must just come from the back and whatever. And he comes around with speed, goes to the front. And I'm like, he's not going to lead this out, is he? Back straight. Yeah. Leading it out. What, what were you thinking yeah. then? Um, was that your plan or just happened? It just happened. And yeah. I think, I think you know, a, a few days later I was out training and I was thinking every single day I've ever ridden a bike came down to that one day. Yeah. You know, every single ride I've ever done, every single Roubaix I've ever done, every... And, and like I said, I wasn't really making decisions. Mm. You know, I wasn't That's in a- that kind of what do I do now da, da, da. I was definitely I was looking at the other riders it was, was instinct it was pure instinct yeah. and I came down off there and lucky or unlucky Tom got a little bit boxed in by a couple of different guys um, but I had a, definitely had a good sprint oh I don't and, think so yeah I don't know that's... <laughs> yeah but look I have raced on the track Yeah, and even a couple of days later I'm like when I went into that Turn three, we call it on the yeah. velodrome because there's four corners. And when I went into there, I saw the sign and it said 200. And I grew up racing on a track that's 333 metres. Yeah. And I even started Googling, what's the length of Roubaix track? Because it can't be 200 there. <laughs> that's a long way still. Yeah. And when I saw 200, I thought, ooh. And I didn't kick as hard as I could. Um, I thought that's still a long way. So yeah. I definitely wound up into the sprint. Yeah, right. Um because from the naked eye, it just looks like it you're going like full we're gas. All, we're yeah. all going the same speed, and yeah. and I tell you what, it felt a lot quicker in real life than the video. Oh. I've I've seen the video, and it looks like we're just kind of all dying there. But at the time, I felt like I, you know, I really kicked and I really sprinted. Um, when I passed Tom, he didn't really fight back underneath me, and I mean, coming from the from the track racing, if you've got everybody behind you and on the hip. It's a yeah. perfect position to perfect. be. Perfect, yeah. Um, maybe the group you're in was just that much bigger that mm. people were getting a lot more run. But, you know, the guys that... The other three guys only just got back to us, so mm. they were pretty tired already. Um, they'd only had 15 to 20 seconds rest and they were having to try and sprint again. Um, and uh, so I, I, I rolled past Tom and I was... You know, in hindsight, I guess he wouldn't have let me go past him so easily. 
mm. and then I had that position and have pretty much. Do you think they? Because now, obviously, everything in hindsight is one hundred percent. Looking back yeah. now, that attack we just spoke about three k yeah. ago, you were clearly the strongest guy there. Yeah. You were yeah. the freshest, say. Yeah. Because you went across to Tom, you attacked him, and he scrambled to your wheel. So maybe if you look back at it, it's like, yeah, obviously Matt would have won the sprint. Yeah, right. Yeah. But do you think those guys just underestimated you because they're like, yeah, Heyman, I expect him to be here, but I don't think he'll beat us in the sprint. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I think and so. And it's just like... And also, I had been in the break, and you get this... Yeah, sort, the break. There's a certain kind of unwritten rule in, yeah. in cycling that somebody's been out in the breakaway, they've you know spent all their biscuits. Mm. But in fact, you know, I spent a little bit to get into that breakaway, and then I rode all those sections... Easily, yeah. you know, while they were back there fighting each other, avoiding crashes, coming back, and so I was definitely the freshest in the fight. And again, easy to say now after the fact. Um, mm. And by the time I did that attack, it was two k to go. Mm. It was a bit late to change their tactics. Yeah, you know, there was no more time. Oh, oh, what have we done? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think when I went past Edvold and went <laughs> past Boone, and they're like, oh, oh shit, this we guy. about this yeah. guy. Yeah, and um, it's like, well, hang on. He has been in the break, but I know they could probably think this now. It's like, he has ridden 15 of these bad boys. I think he's not just going to go out there and drill himself. But the natural reaction is to go, yeah. oh, Heyman's just been killing himself in the break. Yeah. You know, that's what... And, and to be, you know, none of these other guys get the opportunity to do what I did. No. You know, as a favourite, you cannot go in that breakaway. Mm. It's, it's not... It's well, an unorthodox... You can never go there now. No, that's it, mate. <laughs> You've done your last break. Oh, I only had to do one. Yeah. Uh, my life is, uh, you know, my career is, is is just changed with that one day of racing pretty much. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, not that I didn't feel that it was unworthwhile before, but it definitely has changed. And, and it's almost satisfying. Yeah, it would have been nice to do it at 21 or 25 and, and, and be a potential, but there's also, it's pretty nice to do it the way I did that, you know, I just kept coming back and never gave up, and and I think hopefully, I mean, I said to I said to Jens after last year when he went into the velodrome, you know, I had a, like a what does Oprah call it, an aha moment. Okay. Um, you know, a few years back when I ran eighth or something. Yeah. And a couple of times coming in in the front and going, this is in the realms of my capabilities. You know, I can do a good race here. And I said to Jens uh, in the bus after last year. I think he was sixth. I said, now you know, Jens, you can, yeah. if you can be sixth, you can win this. And we've seen it in the past. And and I think, you know, Luke's had the same. Mm. Uh, this year? Yeah, this year. He was, he was in great shape and he's seen me win now and knows it's possible. That's what I was about to say is that, um, I don't know about the rest of the classics, but there's always been something with Roubaix. Somehow, whatever it is, the cobblestones, or just maybe it's just the fever of it, that I had a feeling that maybe one day I could do a good result in this race. Yeah. And then knowing that you never gave up for all those years and at the end of it won the race, it made me believe that, hey, there's time. Yeah. I can win this one day, you know, like... Yeah. It doesn't, like you said, yeah, it'd be great to win it when you're in your peak of your career, yeah. supposedly at 31, 32, but yeah. I don't know, it was just, it was, to put it back on myself, it was a beautiful moment to go like, not to give up hope, you yeah. know, and that was something that you showed a lot of people, I think, that, that fight that you have and that, <laughs> and that story that you told about 
even just crashing at the start of the classics and then not going, okay, the logical thing to do here is to go give the classics away, let's move on to the next goal. That's the completely yeah. logical thing. And nine people out of ten will go, that's the right thing yeah. to do, Manny. But you went, no, I'm not I'm not going to give up hope here and I'm going to fight for it. Whether it's just riding Roubaix, that was all yeah, your initial no, thought was. Just to, to go there, to be with the team, to yeah. be with the boys, to get on the bus, to go to the monument that is. Yeah. You know, to be in, you know, I love that race. Yeah. Um, and... It's grow, you know. Originally, you know, I've had I've had my bad days in Roubaix. Two thousand eight, I finished last. I finished, I finished everywhere in that race, and, mm. and I've done you know pretty much everything. Um, but yeah, it was yeah just to be back there was already you know I was pretty happy to be back there. But I think the big thing was the without the stress. The thing that's changed, yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, but not that I want to open a kettle of fish here yeah. or whatever the word is how has that given you something now you're like wow that's opened up like how I can approach some other races or you think it'll be a special thing that will be very difficult to recreate now yeah. you're aware of it yeah I do I think it's the one race that I do put that amount of pressure on myself and and definitely I mean I know I know psychologically the state that I was in mm. and it's great if you can, and it, it's like training on the bike. It's something you have to train and it's good to be able to get into that, you know, people call it the zone and there's so many different ways to get there and it's different for each person. But I'm hugely aware of the fact that the mind has a lot to do with um, how you perform as an athlete. Um, Before or more so now? Um I know you were aware of it before because we chatted about it. We've talked it. about it, yeah. But are you now like, you know what? I did speak about that before, but I don't think I 100% truly believed it. Now I fucking believe the shit out of that. <laughs> no, I mean, I've had good good, good experiences before. Um, and it's probably... And Let's it's, just reconfirm that. Yeah, and it's probably something that if you look at it and you're doing all this other stuff to become a good athlete, that I probably should... In hindsight, in my career, spent more time working on that element. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, it is a big, a big part of the psyche of of, of not only racing but training and and um, and maybe you can't even with training you can't get into it every single time. But I think you can be more effective. Um, mm. And and yeah, I guess it's like like racing as well. You can't be on every single time. You can't mm. be on all the time. But in important moments, seeing the triggers and, and being able to reassure yourself or, or have the skill set is more to be able to put yourself in a better or more effective place mentally. That, 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 that point of being free and that racing on instincts, it's yeah. like I go back to some days where I've had some success and it's like, what was going on that day? Yeah. Why was I free-flowing? And I'd love to be able to recreate that and... Um, I think exactly what you said. We spend so much time on these one percenters doing that extra hour, that yeah. extra 10 minutes, that one extra SE effort. Yeah. And it's like we neglect just doing a little bit of mental training, for lack yeah. of a better word. Yeah. Because maybe it's scary. Maybe it's a bit yeah. too hard. Yeah. But I think you, for whatever reason, you slipped into that. I don't know. I'm sort of speaking without asking you. But you slipped into that that mental space because of your situation 100 yeah so it was a bit it was a bit you know i do know kind of what it is but i got 
um, I don't, it was the, the combination of all the circumstances that put mm. me there. And when I was there, I had all the skills to use it. Yeah. But it wasn't something that I'd pre-planned. And, you know, and I have been there before where I've written things down and I've recited things and I have, you know, words and ready to say to myself. And, and I didn't do any of that pre-planning, yet I found myself in that special place mm. psychologically. And had I lost, I don't know if I'd be saying the same thing. You know, like I said, the winner always, you know, did everything right. Um, but I definitely was in a good place. Um, but I think... Like, I, but you, you could see that I was riding without I think hesitation all, yeah, or stress. Right from that first attack. Yeah. And like I said to you before, every part I think that you were going along, you were like, tick. Yeah, like, there I, was I, reconfirming everything. Yeah, you know? and, and, like, and, one, and not only that attack over the top of Bonin, but when I got knocked off the wheel on Caful de Labre, yeah. entering Caful de Labre, knowing that that was a crucial part of the race and I get hit by Ian Stannard, I go almost into the crowd, I, I break and everybody's gone. They're yeah. up the road and I just start my pace and then I get up the road a little bit and they attacked really hard into the first few corners and, and um, I'm like, they're just there. They're not yeah. actually going that fast. Yeah. And metre by metre, I closed the gap to them. And that was, for me, one of the profound moments that these guys are pretty tired. Yeah. They're, not, they're not unbeatable. So that was, that was you know, and... Or they're pretty tired. Or I, I, I like to look at it as that finally you were not hindranced by your psychological side of things. And your physical ability, you're like, I'm at the same yeah. level as these guys. Yes. You know, because it's something I go, well, they're always physically stronger than me. That's why they beat me. But until this moment, you're like, hang on, I'm physically just as strong as these guys. As long as I get this thing up here right. And then moving into that, I could sense the need for all the other guys to not do something wrong. And I didn't have that. They were all trying to not do the wrong thing. And there were attacks and moves and... And I called two people's bluffs and both times I won. And it was just like, again, <laughs> confounded. I just let the wheel go. Yeah. I'm letting like, three guys ride away in Paris-Roubaix with 5K to go. You want to ride? You want to go off the back with me? No. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Exactly. And you like, you could probably look at a number of races. You're like, damn, I should have called my bluff. Yeah. There, you know? And yeah. it's like, I didn't. Oh, next time. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Again, the winner did everything right. But it was a very special place emotionally and mentally and but not one that you'd want to recreate with a broken bone and two three weeks on the home trainer i mean it's very unorthodox but um it has opened me up to you know i don't think that i've changed i'm going to go back to being the same rider i was or back i'm still the same rider that Mm. i was and i wouldn't say to anybody that's an ideal preparation it worked for me on a number of levels you know it worked for me because we worked so hard in december and 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 you had the base there i had the base there it worked for me because i know roubaix backwards Mm. i know every section it worked for me on so many different levels it worked for me because there was a tailwind that day yeah and the race was six hours instead of seven Mm. you know what would have i done with another hours of racing with because I'd been on the Ergo Well, for, does that change now? That wasn't something I was going to ask you. Does that change how you're going to look at the classics now? I'm only going to do Ergo. I'll fly, <laughs> yeah, in, right. fly in from Australia a week before. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, no, it's definitely something to look at. Um, but, yeah, just super happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, how heavy 
is that rock actually? So on when you finish oh, Paru Bay, uh, it's raced on cobblestones. So yeah. what do you get as a, a trophy? You get a big cobblestone mounted on a little plaque, and at the end of Roubaix, they give it to you, and you get to you know hold it yeah. above your head. Is it heavy or is it just like? Now look, I was I did a few interviews and I said it's funny how beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Mm. I mean that is an iconic trophy. Um, everybody that knows cycling knows that that that's a very special rock and that's exactly what it is it's a rock you know you get you know you win one of the bigger races in the world and you get given a rock but um for us it's 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 special and i bent down to try and pick it up and i tried to put my fingers underneath (laughs) the the plaque at the bottom and it is super heavy it's got to be 15 kilos really it is one solid rock Right. So it's really quite heavy. So it's decent if you're holding it above your head. Yeah, I I do need to weigh it at home because I'm not sure how heavy it is. But but it's heavy. It's really heavy. I wasn't sure if it felt like a feather after you win it. No, no, not at all. You still notice a weight. So yeah, I struggled to kind of get my fingers. I mean, I should have asked Tom. He'd won four before. So he was only missing one. No, no, you've got to do it like this, mate. Yeah, Yeah, gotcha. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, and... And I saw a bit of the backstage pass where the boys were in the bus yelling, kiss it, kiss it. <laughs> so you give it a bit of a kiss and throw it above your head. And, yeah. And then, you know. Where does, it, where does the rock sit now? I joke that maybe you just went home because I think you were missing a cobblestone from your driveway <laughs> and you just sort of got it off the mountain and just put it in there because it was no. quite a good size. No, she's, uh, she's got a, a pride of place um, in the living room. Nice little spotlight on it. And, yeah. Uh, it's funny, before it even gets dark every night, I'll make sure I turn the lights on so it's lit up. So, oh. yeah, no, it's, uh, and I've got, and I've got my bike too from the race day too. So that's, 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 I said that to someone, I said, if I ever win Roubaix, I want that bike as is. Is yours I, as is? It is. And well, I can just clean it for nah. you conveniently. <laughs> You're like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> well done, mate. <laughs> You're just high pressure hose. No. Um, so it's covered in mud and, and grime and bits of gel from the whole race. And, and um, you know, I didn't even think about it. Mm. You know, last thing that's entering my head, you know, I'm doing press from here to Tokyo. I'm doping control. I'm yeah. back to the bus, happy to see the guys. And Shane did a little bit of speech and he said, um, Matty, you can, you can take that bike home. And, and, I, and then I realised it's probably as important to me as, as the stone, you know. Mm. Um, and I didn't even think about it at the time, so I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah, yeah that's, it's pretty special um, to have that. And I just said, what did you do to celebrate? Actually, you because we were thinking about you, actually, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we, you know, you and 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 um, Luke had put a lot of effort into actually, and I hadn't been a part of much of the classics. Um, you know, of ending the classics. It's a tight knit group and you spend mm. a lot of time together in the lead up and through those six six weeks staying in hotel rooms, being you know, seeing each other's good and bad sides and um you guys had said, Come on guys, instead of everybody just leaving straight after the race, let's go and have a nice dinner and we can have a bit of a yarn and, you know, the stress is gone and we'll look to the next part of the season. So Which is funny like just to interrupt, which is funny, I think a lot of people 
think that we do that. They yeah. think, oh yeah, after the race, I might go and have a beer and a big dinner. But often what happens is everyone's just ready to get the hell home. Yeah. So we pack up and we boost out of their first flight home. So yeah. this is quite a special thing. Yeah, I mean, there's normally suitcases next to the yeah. bus and people are throwing them in. This car's going to this airport. This guy, yeah. come on, you get in the car, let's go. Um, and so, no, it was really, that was all organised. So we had a place in, in uh, Ghent to go out to dinner and there was only one guy missing who ended up in hospital. So, yeah, I mean, we were in touch trying to okay. find out how, how you were. Alcohol um, bill was a bit cheaper then, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and we went there and I mean my phone was just you know that was probably the last kind of moment I had together with the team I, I put the phone down and I left it and it had been pretty pretty mad till then and it got back to just a normal there was a group of us you know some mm. family that had been along all the people that hold the wheels for us and give us the bins yeah. and all those people um, and all you know almost all the mechanics and the staff and, and it was a really nice dinner and, and just uh, how you would want to do it yeah, yeah, you know, had you tried to organise that, you couldn't have. Um, mm. It was it was pre-planned and it came out really nice. Maybe it was just meant to be. Like, yeah. You know, like it was the first year we'd done it. And, you know, it's funny. I said to Derb as we were planning, I said, geez, it'd be a big night if one of us won it, wouldn't it? <laughs> we just joked about it. We and, just threw it out there, yeah. you know, because yeah. it is like that, I guess. And, and, it, and it, was, it didn't end up being that big, but we definitely had some nice food. And, and yeah. for me, it was pro- probably Perfect. the last time I relaxed That's too because... I didn't sleep a wink that night. Yeah. No, I just, I was wide awake. Um, and the next two or three days were actually pretty, pretty full on. Back home? Yeah. Um, and my, my body, I just had to say a couple of times, I can't be talking about it anymore. I can't see images of it, photos. My body is so tired now. It's mm. so much emotion that I'm run down. You know, I did a, I did a seven, you know, really hard race, didn't sleep that night. And then for the next two days was just catching up with people, telling them about Telling the story and, you know, and then there's more goosebumps and there's more emotion and people are crying around me and, you know, it just, I just needed. It's probably good we had this little month break, you know, (laughs) just to sort of recharge Oh, for sure. Because, you know, and there's been different ways to talk about it and, you know, I hope that it stays as it was that you don't talk about it so much that the story changes you know yeah um but yeah and it was good to good but you know everybody thought because i'd had so much time off with my arm that just throw me into some more racing so three days later i was in brabant sapel and then i was off to the next race and um so in a way it was good um just to keep things rolling yeah, yeah and to you know um get a bit of time at a hotel where I could relax, <laughs> get a few hours in a race where I could relax. Because um, oh. outside of the racing and outside of, of being away with the team, it was pretty, it was pretty full on at home, yeah. But, um, oh, well, mate, thank you for sharing the story. No worries. Bloody good to hear it from the from your mouth. The horse's mouth. From the horse's mouth, exactly. And um, I've been waiting for this day for, you know, three, four weeks. <laughs> we've just been speaking over message and it's yeah. good to finally see you. The winner. You too, mate. And to see that you're pulling up all right, all the, the scars are healing up. Teeth are back. Teeth are back on. Can't even yeah. notice, can you? No. But that's, uh, you know, we, we've talked about, it's been on, you know, how dangerous this race is and how unforgiving and, mm. and how scary it can be at times. And, you just take and it's it a special me. breed of guys that love to be there. Like, you know, there's after guys knowing what you went through, they just, the last thing in the that they'd ever want to do would be to race that race. And it's weird, like, 
I think I had probably one or two days where I was feeling like, well, especially one day I was like, I didn't even know if I really want to ride anymore. And yeah. I was like, do I want to do this? You know, yeah. really ask myself yeah, yeah. the question seriously. Then it was like, yes, I still want to do it. Then it was like, do I want to do these classics anymore? Yeah. More specifically Roubaix. And it was like, I think I was even joking about it three, four days later. I was like, well, we're already only, you know, inside 12 months till Roubaix. <laughs> and it was there. And I'm like, why is that? Yeah. And yeah. it's just it's a special an, thing. I don't know. It's an addiction. It is an addiction. Yeah. It's, it's just, a weird addiction. Yeah. So, thanks, mate. No worries.